Welcome to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast. On this show, we share Ginger's journey and speak with subject matter experts about a variety of dementia-related topics. Ginger, a former English teacher and librarian, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2019. This diagnosis has changed her world and has given her a unique perspective on life and living. I'm Christoph, Ginger's son and full-time caregiver. I've created this podcast as a way to share the best practices I'm learning about caring for a person with dementia. Along the way, we'll document my mother's journey through her unique storytelling. You can subscribe to the Living with Alzheimer's podcast and find all the resources we discuss at lwalz.com. On this episode, I interview Kayla Jekyll, Community Connect Program Manager for Alzheimer's Association Michigan Chapter, about the work her program is doing to engage people with dementia. Afterwards, I speak to Ginger about social engagement programs she would be interested in attending. Well, hi Kayla, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. When I interviewed Kristen Rossi, the vice president of Alzheimer's Association, Michigan Chapter, she mentioned the work you're doing to offer a social engagement program for people with dementia. Can you tell me about your role as Community Connect Program Coordinator and what that's all about? Yeah. Um, so my role as community cat coordinator is really to kind of organize, plan, implement, and evaluate social engagement programs for people living with dementia and their care partners um, in the southeast area of Michigan. Um, and currently also kind of in all of Michigan because of virtual activities. So it's, right. it's a little different now too. Um, and then kind of too on that, um, building, you know, relationships and partnerships with our community partners, you know, that we partner with for those programs. So um, always looking to build new relationships with community partners and always looking for new community partners to do programs with. I want to come back to that. So um, about the partners that you have and what's Definitely. in it for them sort of thing, right? But yeah. um, the, the program has a name. So it's, it's um, what, what this has to do with the Rosens. Mm -hmm. What is that name? Yeah, um, it's Bruce H. and Rosalie and Rosen. Um, so they um, have been supporters of the Alzheimer's Association for a long time. And they um, were the founding gift for this program um, because it's a cause near and dear to the Rosen family. Um, and Rosalie Rosen is actually one of our emeritus um, board members. So um, they started this um, uh, founding gift for the program. Okay. And so the program is meant to connect people with Alzheimer's, their caregivers, and then support uh, organizations that have kind of signed on to help with the programming for the social, inter social activation, basically, is what we're looking at, right? Yes. 
yeah, so it keeps people with dementia um, socially um, active and as well as their care partners. Because I mean, right. um, a lot of people with dementia, as we know, can be socially isolated. And so this is a great way for them to be able to keep active and still do things that they love. Great. So you talked about the fact that now that you're doing things virtually, even though the program was focused on the southeast side of yes. Michigan, now anyone in Michigan could participate. So that means my mom and I could. Yes. What What if you had a loved one in an assisted living facility or th- that kind of thing, and, and especially here during the pandemics, maybe face-to-face isn't possible, but you could work with their staff to get them on virtually. Is that all possible? Yeah, we've actually had quite a few um, facilities join us, um, both when we were in person um, and virtually. So, you know, they've come and joined us, Um, you know, virtually they've had, you know, either one-on-ones join us or, you know, little groups of people join us virtually. Um, You know, we're not you know, excluding anybody from joining us. And, you know, statewide, we've had people from, you know, the west side of the state all the way to the UP join us. So, you know, it's it's been great, you know, to be able to expand and, you know, have people from all over really join us. And, you know, it's it's great. So it's, it's very different than just seeing the normal faces that I'm yeah. used to seeing at programs to seeing, you know, a lot of new faces, which is yeah. nice. Well, I was just thinking that my mom had been before I came to become her caregiver and we ha- had the opportunity to be in her home of 30 plus years. Um, she had been in assisted living with mm-hmm. my dad and then he passed. And so that wasn't, a you know, the best fit for her anymore. Okay. But the activity uh, coordinator there at the assisted living facility was always looking for things to engage their residents who have whatever their needs are, right? So if they have, um, if it's an activity coordinator at an assisted living facility that has residents who have dementia, mm-hmm. they could they could coordinate small groups as you were yeah. mentioning. Okay. I'm yeah, thinking out had... loud so yeah. that a person who is at an assisted living facility running a program like that or a family member who has someone in assisted living could talk to that activity director is just saying, sure. you know, I've had many of them reach out and um, I have like an email list and they kind of get like a list of the activities that are coming out for each month oh, that's um, and kind of coming up so they can then join whatever ones kind of interest them and then they can join those ones. It's not like they have to come to everything or right. they pick and choose what they want to come to. You know, if one thing interests them, they're welcome to so- join so what's a good way for a family member or a caregiver or an activity programmer at an assisted living facility, for instance, to go yeah. to see what's going on? Yeah, so we have a few different ways of people able to learn what's coming up. Um, so one way is to call our 1-800 number, our 24-7 helpline number. Right. Um, so that's one 800 272 3,900. Um, and then they can learn about our programs and services that way. Um, and then I can get in touch with them and get them, you know, on the mailing or the email list. Mm -hmm. Um, they can email our helpline at helpline GMC at ALZ.org. Um, 
And then they can also go on to alz.org slash GMC slash social engagement, and it'll list all of the upcoming programs on there as well. Okay. And the GMC stands for what? Greater Michigan Chapter. Ah, okay. I wasn't connecting where the GMC <laughs> came from. Now that makes sense. I'll put all those things in the description for the podcast so people have Perfect. it available to them. Great. Perfect. So back to the programs and your partners, what kind of partners do you have and what kind of partners are you looking to, you know, add? Yeah. So, um, it's a little different. Uh, I'll talk pre COVID and COVID times just mm -hmm. cause, um, it's a little different and, you know, I think it gives justice to the program for both times because, um, hopefully we can get back to both times of in-person and virtual. Um, so, you know, when we were in person, we were offering kind of a different type of program versus what we're offering virtually. Um, so it looks different now. Um, and we hope to get back to offering it the same way um, and offering both types of virtual and in-person. Um, we want to offer that hybrid model. Um, just because we know that obviously hybrid works for some people, you know, that virtual of, you know, we can offer it to everyone in the state and that's, you know, that's great for some people. So um, we want to reach as many people as we can. So, um, but uh, the in-person stuff we were doing, we had partners with our partnerships with the Detroit Institute of Arts, the Henry Ford, uh, the Detroit Zoo, the Detroit Historical Society, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, uh, the Holocaust Memorial Center, um, the Birmingham Bloomfield Art Center. Um, we had dance programs. We had a memory cafe, the Yankee Air Museum. Um, and we even did um, a Detroit Tigers and a Detroit Red Wings Alzheimer's awareness game. Um, so those were kind of some of our bigger ones and we've done many more things, but those are kind of some of our bigger programs um, that we've done, you know, pre-COVID. Um, and those programs, it's not like we're trying to see, you know, the whole zoo or the whole Henry Ford when we go to these programs or anything like that. Um, we're really just trying to go. Um, it's typically like a two hour program when we're in person. Um, and we're really just trying to go and focus in on one activity, one thing at each place. So, for example, when we're at the zoo, um, we're really going and we're going to look at say the gorillas and that's the focus. So we'll have a zookeeper and we'll have volunteers from the zoo and they'll take us back there as a group and then they'll educate us on the animals and that we'll learn amazing. about them. And, you know, it's a whole program. And then we would, you know, it's really, you know, it's educational and it's, you know, time for them to socialize and then, you know, it's, you know, you can walk around a little bit because you, know, you have to walk to the animal and, you know, it gets exercise, socialization, and it's educational. So it's a really a great program. Um, so again, it's not like we're trying to do the whole zoo in two right. hours or anything like that. Um, so it's, it's a set focus each, each month. They're typically once a month for two hours. Um, and you know, these programs were free for participants to come to. Um, and that was really the focus of that. 
Um, and then kind of COVID happened and it was like, okay, now what do we do? How right. do we kind of transition these programs? Because we know that these programs are really beneficial to people, but like, how do we do this? What do we, what do we do? Um, is this going to work? Um, and it was, it was a little difficult at first to, you know, work with all of our partners and try and figure out the logistics of everything. Cause I mean, it was, it was a mess at first to, you know, just logistically figuring out one zoom, first of all, of everything. Right. Um, cause nobody really knew zoom at first. So, yeah, right. um, but once we got it down, we're great at it now. So, um, now so you could still go to the zoo yes. and see the gorillas. We bring the zoo to you now. Yeah, right. Okay. So, like, it's great. You can see the zoo from your house. Like, it's amazing. You know, and I've um, been to art museums and, you know, zoos and uh, that kind of thing where you walk around, you read the plaques. There might be a volunteer docent there who can give you, an, you know, some additional information. But you're setting up these activities that really are much more intimate yeah uh, it's with really the person focused. who knows you know the expert in this area of whatever it is mm -hmm. um you know looking at the picasso exhibit for instance or you know the gorillas at the zoo so that sounds amazing uh that these partners would set up the opportunity to have that kind of access uh, and and just have that kind of experience with the people the caregivers and the people with dementia it really is. And, you know, we educate their staff and volunteers, you know, with our programs. Um, we work with them on educating their staff with our programs. So it's it's a win-win. You know, they learn, we learn. It's it's great. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so virtually um, we work with most of these partners still to this day virtually. Um, and then we learned two hours was a little long to stay. Um, yep. Focused. you know focused on mm -hmm. on a program so we had to we had to twine it down to about an hour um you know but um so now our programs are about an hour long 45 minutes to an hour long now um and you know it's still the same concept of you know still looking at you know one activity one thing so for example with the henry fork we had a program and the focus was on the history of chocolate chip cookies you could learn a whole my mom's thing. favorite thing in the world chocolate is the chocolate chip, chip cookie, chip cookie. <laughs> it was amazing like invariably was... after a meal she'll oh, say do we have cookies <laughs> and i'll go yep we do <laughs> i keep it stopped like we all brought cookies with us so we sat there and we learned about it we all had cookies and taught stories like people are able to share stories of like you know their favorite time that they had cookies or their favorite cookie and like we all are able to share stories and you know times and it's it's really nice you know so they're able to learn not only learn but share and it's it's just a really good time for people still virtually mm -hmm. um it's very different, um, but um, so we're still doing it virtually. Um, we've added some new programs doing it virtually um, with some new partnerships, uh, such as the Wayne Historical Society. We've done some cooking classes, oh, nice. some fitness programs, a nature club, an improvisation class. So we've done some new things because 
you know, we got to try some new thing. Right. Um, and even with kind of doing virtually, we're able to do some new and unique things with our partners that we currently have. So um, one example is with the DIA, the Detroit Institute of Arts. Um, they were talking about it uh, at our last program, that they're able to actually show us some of their art that they, you know, they have so much art oh, that, that isn't on display. on display that they're able right. to show us on get into the archives yeah so yeah. they're able to show us you know these things that they're not able to show us when we're normally in the museum and huh. same with you know the zoo you know in a few months we're going you know we're doing some behind the scenes stuff of learning about the vets you know about the vets that are at the zoo right. and you know that kind of stuff so you know we're learning things that like aren't normally things that we would do at the program because we can't normally do that stuff. You know, we're, we're doing things a little different, but it gives us a unique perspective as well. So, I mean, in a way, it's still a win-win because mm -hmm. we're doing some really cool stuff. Well, just thinking of those activity directors out there and all the assisted <laughs> living facilities, and that's amazing programming that would be so difficult to organize on a facility-by-facility -facility basis. And you're taking care of it and zoom then allows you know this wide access that's amazing exactly. all they have to do is just join in yeah i like <laughs> it oh, i'm i'm definitely going to spend more time there i did see a couple of things that i thought well that's coming up we need to you know get <laughs> registered for that so so that we can attend um so that's great do you have are you shooting for any particular time of day for your activities does it does it vary? Yeah. Um, so we typically try to shoot for like the one o'clock hour mm -hmm. for our programs. Um, we found That's, that that typically works best. That for would people. work best for my mom. She's Most a late riser. Don't don't want to wake up early for stuff. Yep. So we try to stay away from the morning. Okay. Um, so typically like one o'clock or two o'clock is is typically typically. And where that's we usually do. when my mom is not only up and you know, ready to roll, but she's also her crispest, you know, like the, the, the light bulb starts to fade as the, you know, the day and then the whole sundowning factor, you know, so you get four or five o'clock right now during this cold, you know, short yeah. days, four or five o'clock, you know, you can see that, you know, she starts to be less able to engage. So yeah, one, 1 PM, 2 PM, she's good. So that's great. Um, going back to this may be obvious, but um, why did why is this near and dear to the Rosens? Uh, they started this for a particular reason, and I think some of it is what we've already talked about, kind of obvious. But I thought you'd speak to that maybe. Yeah, um, it's just a near and dear cause to their heart. You know, they're you know she was uh she's a board member and um you know it's just a cause that really is just a near and dear cause to them so um so, so have there been specific benefits that have been reported or observed by your staff um related to these activity programs yeah um so we do um surveys at the end of programs so we evaluate all of our programs um and obviously i'm always looking for feedback from participants um and they'll always 
you know, tell me if they don't like a program. They're very open to telling me if it didn't work out well or, right. you know, something didn't didn't go well. I'm like, okay, got it. They they tell me. Um, so I know that. Uh, but benefit-wise, um, caregivers and participants, you know, they've I've seen so many friendships established um, throughout the years that I've been doing this. Um, you know, they get additional support from the association. They're able to learn about the different programs and services. Um, and they're able to continue to do you know, the activities that they once loved, or they're able to do new activities. Um, you know, I heard um, from one of our participants, you know, he was 90 years old, and he was like, you know, I've, I've really never had time to go to the Henry Ford before, and I'm able to go every month now. I'm, you know, he was like, we would end the program, you know, after our two hours, and people were able to stay and walk around, you know, before we were virtual. And he was like, I would stay and just walk around the museum and go and explore the museum with my son, because I was, I was just so having so much fun after the program. And I was mm -hmm. just enjoying my time there. So people were able to continue doing things, you know, that they love and do new things. Right. Um, and it's great to see that. Um, and I actually have a couple of quotes that I pulled, um, cause I take quotes from people, oh, um, that I'm going to actually read because I sure. love to share. Cause I think participant feedback is the best way to really, um, share what's going on. Not really from my lens, but theirs. Right. Um, so two quotes that I have, um, one was um, the nice thing about participating with him in these events is that it gives us good, gives us some good things to talk about after it is complete. Um, and that was from a care partner for her husband. And that was on a Detroit Symphony Orchestra program. Okay. Um, so after the program, they were previous uh, Detroit Symphony Orchestra ticket holders. So it really brought back the memories of them going to the program, you know, going to previous symphony programs and you know it allowed them to talk about the music and um you know share the experiences that they once had so you know a lot of times these programs give them conversation to have afterwards right. so you know it's it's really nice to hear things like that um and another one i have uh this one was during our virtual time well last year and we're still virtual um but here's one um i can't say it enough times i am so so thankful for this organization and so appreciative the activities have continued virtually during this very bizarre year um so it's just really nice to hear that you know even during um virtual when we weren't sure how this was going to go people are still enjoying this the program right. it it sounds that quote there sounds like hey, you helped bring some normal back uh, into this awful, abnormal <laughs> time of uncertainty, right? That's great. Sure. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, you know, the things now that you're virtual, it's probably harder to swing, but I'm just thinking about the things on this side of the state that there are that, boy, if you could add some of that in, you know, the Meyer Gardens here uh, in Grand Rapids is amazing it just goes on and on with the outdoor yes, parks i have and... been there you have beautiful. been okay yes, yes i went there once it's beautiful i and went around christmas they're when expanding they trees. again oh so, are they yes 
So, I mean, there's the sculpture aspect, there's the Japanese garden aspect, which is huge. I hadn't been to the Japanese garden until this year, and I was amazed by the size of it. And, you know, I mean, there's there's a lake in there, and, you know, then ponds on top of that, and... Uh, that's and then of course the the main insides with the desert area and I mean you know the it's they so do much. the butterfly uh, exhibit in the main um, arboretum you know that that's a great event so I mean there's just a ton of things that they have going on and that's just one place I know uh, and I know you have so many uh, you know resources on the Detroit side just by sheer size of that urban area. So that's great. That's a, that's a lot of programming to choose from. Yeah. And, you know, I'm always looking for new opportunities, you know, yeah. always looking and always taking suggestions from, you know, new suggestions, ideas, anything from, you know, participants and people and always looking for stuff. Um, you know, I think right now we're we're virtual um, for the time being, but I'm hoping that, you know, once we get back into being in person, I have, you know, some really cool new opportunities that I hope that we can do this year. Um, right. You know, I'm hoping that we can get out. Um, we've been trying to get out there for a few years now, but um, it just hasn't quite happened, but we're, we're trying to get out to the Motown Museum. Okay. Um, so that's one on our, our list of we really want to get out there and make that program happen. Um, another one is right, actually right before um, COVID happened, um, we had started a partnership with Imagine Theaters um, oh. and to do a private movie screening of movies. Um, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it just might not be feasible for, you know, people to go to the movies because right. they might be disruptive. Um, and, you know, you don't want to take your person if they might be a little disruptive at a movie. So you're like, oh, this might not be the best idea. Um, but you know what? That's that's why we're going to do this. Right. Because, if you do it virtually. Right. Um, right. So that's why we want to try and offer this program. Um, so we're going to going to try and start that program up again um and then i have some other ideas that hopefully we can get going again so yeah hopefully 2022 we can get some some new programs going again you know a couple of things popped into my head kayla um i have no idea how feasible these things are but um in south haven in february there's an ice sculpture um event that's going on they're out there with the axes and chainsaws and that kind of thing Ooh. doing the ice sculpting on site like and there might be some drinking that goes on at the same time but um <laughs> you know it's it's an outdoor event that's unique because it's winter and they're taking advantage of that theme there might be something like that going on nearer your neck of the woods um and then there are lighthouses all over the place on the west side of Michigan because of, you know, we're surrounded yeah. by the lake. I got to imagine there's lighthouses over there by you as well with all the Lake Erie and Lake Huron. You're making me think now. Yeah. You're I mean, I would me love ideas. to tour a lighthouse, right? I mean, that would you be fascinating. good ideas. I love it. Cool. Putting it on my list. All right. I'm right now. <laughs> I just think about 
all of the things that make our communities go, um, like even the bus terminal and all of the stuff that has to go on in order to make buses run you know, properly on time and all that kind of thing. I mean, there's just so many things about our communities that function because of these, you know, structures that are in place that we don't even really think about, but are fascinating yeah, when you, when you get to peek, peek in. Yeah. Right. So, and I think, you know, there's a lot of organizations who think, well, we're really not an entertainment organization like a museum <laughs> or a zoo. We're just, you know, we're just keeping the fort, you know, you know, right. But there's still so much we could learn from. Them. Right. And, and they're contributing to the community so and they would like to engage their community. Right. So. Love it. I'm here for these ideas and yeah. I'm going to these. And you know what? I'm also, I'm going to put this out there. If your listeners have any ideas, I would love to hear them as well. So you can let them know that if they want to comment ideas or let you know of any ideas and you can pass them along. Love sure. it. I'm here for the ideas. How should Always. they get that information to you, Kayla? Um, they can either call me at 248-996-1056 or email me at kjakel, J-A-K-E-L at A-L-Z dot org. Excellent. I'll put that in the notes Perfect. as well. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Love it. So Got the pitch in there. What Exactly right. What can the um, uh, registration process is that for programming opportunities, is that all online? Um, yeah, so they can register online um, through our website. Um, so they go on the ALZ.org website. There's the registration page on that social engagement page. It'll take you, you know, if they select whichever program they want to go to. Um, so I know the first upcoming one, there's a Detroit Symphony Orchestra performance on Monday. Okay. Um, so say they wanted to go to that on Monday, there's a link, you just click it and then you would register for it. Um, so that's one way you can register. Um, another way you can call again that 1-800 number or email that helpline um, email and you can register that way. Okay, great. Those are and, always and connect. then the the program obviously is supported by your partners and <laughs> the Rosens have set up some probably some kind of foundational grant or something like yes. that to help with the funding. But how can the public support the program also? Yeah. Um, so the public um again with that ALZ.org slash GMC slash social engagement, um, there's actually a donate button um on that page. And the if they donate on that page, it goes directly to Community Connect. Um and they can donate um in honor of somebody or just make a general donation. Um and that again that goes directly to Community Connect. Um, and then these donations make it so that programs are free for our participants. Um, and then we can offer as many programs um, that we do for free. Um, you know, we are always looking for different grant opportunities and things like that, but, you know, donations are always helpful as well. Um, you know, we're always thankful for the Rosens and all of our grant opportunities and donations. Um, 
And then another way that the public can support us is really just by getting the word out about Community mm -hmm. Connect. I think that's a huge thing because, you know, we're always looking, you know, one for new partnerships and new um, participants. Um, you know, we're, we're always, you know, especially right now because anybody can join. Um, new participants are always welcome to join any program at any time. So we're really looking to expand our program. So um, just, you know, just even getting the word out is huge. That's great. And pretty easy to get the word For out. For sure. Right, yeah. I mean, it's a great program. So like, I would love to have more people because um, I know we can reach a lot more people. And, you know, as we know, social socialization is huge, especially um, at that, at that time. So for both, you know, again, the care partner and um, the person with dementia. So yeah. um, it would be beneficial for both of them for this program. Well, and I know that just being, you know, me uh, and trying to find ways to, you know, help my mom be engaged at where she's at, you know, is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're doing this work to bring so much programming uh, you know, and make it available to people like, like just one single person taking care of another single person. That's great. I, I mean, that's a great resource for me. So I really thank you for the work that you're doing and thank the Rosens for, you know, having thought about this and originated it. That's, that's yeah, it's, amazing. it's really one of a kind. There's really no other program like it around the country from the Alzheimer's Association it's it's it started kind of one of a kind in the country so it's they really started something amazing um you know some of the other associations have done some other programming similar um but they've really started something you know we have other early stage programming from the association but this is open to all stages so it's it's something a little different than you know the other Alzheimer's associations across the country. So it's, it's a little different. So yeah. it's, it's open to anybody in all stages. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's a unique program. And we really just want people to make sure they're using it. Right. Well, and to that point, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go make sure that we're registered. I think we are, but I'm going to go make sure we're registered for the I know, program. I better so I know see you at some like, program. I know, right? I'm really upset because I'm like, we just <laughs> talked about this and you didn't right. show up to anything. I'm, I'm on the hook really now. No, I say on the hook because, that, I mean, that's just silly because this is great, <laughs> uh, a great resource. So I will definitely be uh, participating. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Kayla. I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was, it was really great, you know. Yeah, great. Take care. <laughs> thank you. You too. All right. See you. Bye. So, hi, Mom. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So, we've just been watching some of my interview with Kayla, who is the uh, Community Connect program manager, mm -hmm. and she was talking about all of the kinds of programs that they have been offering. Right. And you and I attended one recently with Detroit Institute of Art, and... She listed off a whole bunch of other 
partners that they have that they've been doing programming with. So how did you like that uh, session that we did? Well, I enjoyed the session. Um, I, but I had the impression, I don't know if I was accurate, that it was on the other side of the state. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're running that from the east side of the state over in Detroit. Uh, but then we were able to join since it was virtual, oh. even though we were over here in Grand Rapids. There was even a person, I don't know if you heard it being mentioned, but there was a person that was up in the Upper Peninsula that had joined in. So now that they're doing it virtually, they can have all kinds of people involved. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of programs would you be interested in if we do some more of those? Well, I think I would like some things having to do with um, any form of art, photography, painting, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or even um, making things, you know, just simple things, but kind of clever. Okay. And if you could see the finished product... Um, so you know what you're actually trying to do. Okay. That would, you know, if I looked at the thing and thought, I wouldn't have any use for that. Well, having seen them, that helps. Sure. And and I could point at something else in the same grouping and say, now this would get used all the time. Okay. So she mentioned some museums the Henry Ford Museum, um, the Holocaust Museum. Are those things that you would be interested in also? Yes, although I don't have a vehicle, so getting there is uh, part of the problem. Well, that's the good part, right? We can just do it on the computer. We don't have to get in a car. I see what you're saying. Yes. So what kinds of other things would you be interested in besides art? What kinds of things would you be interested in? That's hard to say without understanding all of the things that they are offering. Well, they're offering quite a few. Yeah. But the question I'm asking is, what kinds of things would excite you? Well, I don't know how unusual it is, but this old lady enjoys sports. Sports. So maybe meeting some of the athletes? That would be Really cool. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. I think, though, also, one of the things we don't give a lot of credit to are the um, the guys who lead these kids mm-hmm. in. So, like the coaching staff? Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of support staff that help a team with their travel and with all of the arrangements during the game. Uh, medical staff, you got personnel running around with water. and Right, and those are things you never think about right. when you're one of the parents. You just go and, oh, yeah, my kid won. Yay. Yeah, okay. And they have a number of universities yes. uh, in the Detroit area. So accessing some college teams would certainly seem feasible, possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Anything besides sports? What about birding? You used to be really into birds. 
My eyesight isn't as good anymore. Well, <laughs> but if they brought it to you on the computer screen. Well, that would be different. You sure. can see that. Sure. Okay. What kind of birding? You're into the big birds, right? Herons. Big, oh, herons are then easier to spot. Sure. And classify. But no, I, you know, like I just saw the, a cardinal. Mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks ago and that told me that summer is actually going to come and show up eventually mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm waiting <clears throat> not so patiently okay so birding some sports some art maybe some other museums i mentioned lighthouses to kayla and seeing what a lighthouse uh staffing is like how they run it that would be interesting to me because I've seen several lighthouses mm -hmm. in the state of Michigan. Right. And um, it's all kinds here. Yeah. Yeah. But who runs it? What do they do? What do they accomplish? I don't know the answers to those. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there'd be some programs that you'd definitely be interested oh. in joining in. Yes. Cool. So one of the things that Kayla mentioned was that when they would go do something at a zoo, for instance, then they would just focus in on one thing. She mm -hmm. mentioned the gorillas. And so they would go and with that thing on the computer, the virtual session, right? They could show you the habitat that they've set up for gorillas. The keepers that are working specifically with the gorillas give you information, insights on the gorillas, etc. So they get to show you some behind the scenes things mm -hmm. that they can do virtually that maybe couldn't do so well in person. What kinds of things at a zoo would you be interested in seeing behind the scenes? I would like to talk to somebody who makes the selections. About which animals they have in the zoo? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what made you think of that, per that particular animal and, um, uh, um, are we asked what our favorite fish or our favorite snake, you know, lay, name some things that you want to see mm -hmm. yourselves and then ask in what form would you like for that to be shown to you? Mm -hmm. are you do you actually want to touch it? Well, we'll see if that's feasible. Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of questions, I think. Otherwise, you're just a person walking through. Sure. So, but if they took you to a specific area and showed you more in depth, even if it was just on a computer screen, right? Right. What kinds of animals would you be most interested in learning more about? The more intelligent the animal is, the more I would like to see what they do. Okay. It's very fun to watch even a chipmunk to figure out okay this thing is almost as big as me but I want it and so how is he going to figure that one out and they will if you sit there quietly and wait for him to start working at something you can see the progress mm. and I think I think that's cool okay little chippies yes okay do you know the Henry Ford Museum? Yes. 
It's got a bunch of cars in there. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any favorite cars from your memory? The older it is, the more I would enjoy seeing it. Okay. Do you remember any cars that you really were into? Oh, so you're really not saying that about in in the... Maybe it is in the museum. Right. I don't know. But right. for you. Right. Um, do I have any favorites? We weren't real Ford people, so we were more GM oriented. So I'm remembering a car that you rode in a lot when you and Dad first got together. That was the car with a door on the front of it. Ah, uh, yes. Do you remember what that car was called? No. <laughs> the Isetta? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh -huh. Tell me about that car. Well, it was very small, mm -hmm. obviously. But um, what I liked about it is it was so small that you could find a parking place for that car just about any time you used it. Right. And, uh, and wasn't there a joke played on Dad with the Isetta and parking? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I, think, I think some of his friends picked it up and moved it to a place that he couldn't get the car out of. <laughs> that would be his friends. I'm not too sure yes. about the car. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, I think they played a practical joke on him and yeah. picked the car up and squeezed it between some trees or something like that. I also remember you telling stories about a car you drove when you were young, maybe even still in, in high school or early college, where you would go to the gas station and say, fill it up with oil, check the gas. <laughs> That's true. Do you remember that car? Yeah, this is a little Volkswagen. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's one that I ended up riding around in as a little kid. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. VW Beetle. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, and we had it, you sitting in the middle mm -hmm. and strapped in there. And I'm driving you down the road. And we did that because having you in the back seat meant that you were in a much safer spot uh -huh. than sitting in between Dad and, and Mom. Although I do recall sitting on your lap, holding on to the handle uh, on the glove box of the VW. Do you remember that at all? No, no, I don't. Okay. I have memory of that <laughs> now why why do i remember that yeah i don't know i think i found it exciting to be <laughs> up in the front seat i'll bet and your dad was driving yes, and i was not in the car no you were i was sitting on your lap so i think dad was driving <laughs> it must have been a very short run <laughs> that could be <laughs> seems no. like you had a rambler that was my dad's okay did you drive that one probably not okay but you did a lot of travel with your dad. Your whole family did. Yeah, that's true. You we went to Yellowstone. We went to, well, I guess if I'd thought about it beforehand, I probably could have listed them. Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes we just did things that were nearby, but, but were important enough that it's still... It cost less, but gave us the same amount of feeling like we're seeing something we mm -hmm. hadn't 
ever seen before. I think you went across the Mackinac Bridge. And that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Tequamanan Falls mm-hmm. up in the Upper Peninsula. Yep. Yeah. Did you visit the Mackinac Island as a kid? I think so. Okay. There's one. That would be a cool... I, they may not be able to do that one, but um, that would be a cool virtual tour. All the things that go on at Mackinac Island to make that thing work. Right. There's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes there. Yeah. So she mentioned... Uh, Kayla mentioned the orchestra, the symphony, mm-hmm. and doing a virtual uh, session on the computer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to not just use the word virtual. So <laughs> on the computer. They did a session um, with them. What what instruments are you most interested in? Oh, wow. Um, you hear me playing the drums all the time. I'm sure you're kind of sick of that. I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just hear it and know what you're doing. And, but, yeah, I it's like, you know, it'd be nice if he had three things that he had to practice, mm. three different instruments. Right. It would give me some. The vibraphone's new, probably new. more <laughs> enjoyable than the drum set. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't have a third. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what, what instrument are you most interested in when you go to a live music event? What do you focus on? Probably things like the piano or the organ. Okay. Because they're background music, but it's still a tremendous talent Mm -hmm. that they're using. All those fingers. Yeah. And with organ, their feet too. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's one. Um, Sometimes there's one that's so unusual that it seldom gets even used, even with symphony. Mm -hmm. And so the... The norm in that situation is for the person that's leading to turn to the audience and introduce the person that's going to be playing Mm -hmm. with that particular instrument. The conductor. And that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a pipe organ would be an interesting... Yes, it would. ...behind the scenes kind of session, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's so much mechanic going on there, especially with the old, the old, the older ones that weren't electronic, but actually blew air through reeds Mm -hmm. and and the like, right? Yeah, those are fascinating. Let's not forget that Grand Rapids, the very word rapids in there lets you know that there is water and they're coming through. And I think there is a park large enough to put the band or the entire, what's the other word I want? Um, Orchestra. Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And have them seated where they can see the river and respond to the noises or music that's coming from the water itself. Mm. Interesting. Um, So the symphony, uh, the Grand Rapids Orchestra or symphony, I'm not sure. Uh, but the Grand Rapids Symphony uh, does occasionally play there by the Ford Museum, oh. uh, the Gerald R. Ford Museum, uh, because there is an orchestra area mm-hmm. that's right by the water. 
But I don't know that they're playing with the sounds of the water. That would be an interesting <laughs> twist. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just the river itself, right? There's a fish ladder. And uh, there is a sound from each one of those areas. So if you're going to play with this place where it spills over some rocks, mm -hmm. you need to fit yourself and your music to be enhanced by the rocks that you just had them flow over. There's a composer out there who just got an idea from you. <laughs> I can see it now. Um, I, I was wondering, because the river runs right near the Grand Rapids Museum, uh -huh. and is there any possibility that the music can kind of begin outside uh -huh. and then come in and maybe have a song or two that was from a particular era mm -hmm. because that whole thing piece of the grand of the museum is about older things mm -hmm. and that i just thought it'd be a nice pairing right so you could pair some music from the era that some of the display is from correct okay correct Another composer just got an idea from you. <laughs> <laughs> so was... do you remember the program that we attended yesterday with the yes. Detroit Institute of Art? No. We were looking at some art on the screen. There were some drawings, still lifes. Not remembering that? Okay. All right. No, why not? What we have pictures of? Oh, there were some drawings and paintings that we were looking at. One of them had. Oh, you were wandering around with the, with the, the little gal that we work with. No, no, we watched it at the table before we went to yoga. Oh, um. Remember you you sketched. A picture oh, of yeah, the yeah. Alka Seltzer in yeah. the glass. Yep, yep. Mm hmm Yep, I do remember that. Okay. And you enjoyed that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now, through the magic of computers and virtual sessions, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to park. Right. You don't have to worry about finding a seat. You're good to go. Yep. Okay. So we'll attend some more. Yeah, I would, I would, I'm always going to want to touch it, so to speak. Oh. My ears. Yeah. And so doing it on TV is like better than nothing, mm -hmm. but I still have my number one preference of such and such. Of doing it in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that'll depend also on what they're playing. If they indicate in their little, this is what we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a music I can't stand. Oh. So then I won't go. Oh, or I'll say, but over here, they're doing such and such. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, till next time. Okay. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Okay, thanks. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to this episode of Living with Alzheimer's. Please visit the Living with Alzheimer's website at lwalz.com, where you can subscribe to the show and find all the resources we discuss in podcast episodes. We'll see you next time on the Living with Alzheimer's podcast.